will Dan Patrick remember? Will he blow me off? Will he give me the blessing, as we used to say in the Christmas vacation? Remember when the blessing? The blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever on Dan Patrick Radio, Sirius XM 211, the man himself who finally, and I'm glad I got you on today, Dan, because I just want to get that last Tampa Bay shirt before you have to shut it down. Before the cease and desist comes through. We already took it down. We, the, you know, Tom Brady's lawyers reached out and very polite with a cease and desist. So we had a pre-cease and desist sale, and uh, we, we stopped uh, selling the last Tampa Bay T-shirt uh, right after the show today. I can't believe you actually went that long before they stopped you. <laughs> well, they said, you know, the 27th of this month, and then I told my guys, I said, let's not take this up to midnight, you know, the 27th. Let's just, how about we just do it at the end of the show on Friday? Let Tom have his trademark. You know, the guy needs something positive in his life, and I'm happy that Tom could get, you know, maybe sell some t shirts that say Tampa Bay on it. I really am. I'm happy for it. Is that why he called Howard Stern instead of you? Because you were ripping him off and selling t shirts? I don't know that, but a source close to a source that I know. Said no, that's not the case. Oh, okay. You know, because I, you know, as an investigative journalist from way back when, those are the kinds of angles I look at, Dan. As you well know, going back to our our days, I wasn't a tag team partner, but I was part of that uh, group of uh, whatever we called ourselves back then in the early nineties. I don't know what we were. It was a mess, is what we were, because for some reason I came in on Saturday night for six hours to do radio at ESPN and didn't get paid for it. But I, I did have fun because you were there, and uh, we had uh, Overman was there, Chuck was there. So it, it, it was a lot of fun. But for some reason, I don't know why I kept going in every Saturday and not getting paid. It was, there was a magnet in that studio because, you know, back then, ESPN TV was the only entity. There was no ESPN2, no ESPN News. So radio was the first entity. And a lot of the Sports Center guys, Berman, you name it, Tommy Jackson, Dick Vitale, yeah. they would get off the set doing highlights. And, you know, you can't really expound or give any of your long opinions for more than 30 seconds. And so everybody wanted to come in there and do radio. And we had free food. We were catered. So that was the other draw. Wow. <laughs> I would get done with Sports Center sometimes, and I would try to sneak by ESPN Radio so I didn't have to go in and do it. But you had some – you had producers. You know, you have these uh, – guys in the diamond district in new in new york and they're always looking to see if somebody is going into a store to buy diamonds and then they'll go and approach you and say come on over and go into our store that's what you had at espn radio you had guys out front looking for people to bring into the into the club there and uh it felt like I got sucked in there. I'd get done at 12 o'clock, and then they'd bring me in so I could do an hour of radio after I'd done Sports Center. And it was the best hour in radio history yeah. because everybody oh, was exhausted. Yeah. We'd do six hours <laughs> going into the seventh hour, the one, the midnight hour. We would look yeah. for we would look for things on TV. We would look for pornographic videos and things. Of course, they weren't <laughs> on the air there though. We would look. We would watch Telemundo, looking for dancing. We remember, we weren't even allowed to take phone calls. I know. ESPN and our boss, John Walsh, we'd be on the air for six hours, and you couldn't take any phone calls. It was and seven thought, hours, Dan. We were on from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Well, you... I, didn't, I, had, I had it in my deal. I got to leave at midnight. I couldn't stay That's later. That's right. I remember. But, yeah, but it was still, it was torture. That all was is just we would sit there and talk to one another, and you go, I don't even know if anybody's listening. Uh, 
And maybe they, nobody was listening, but we started out as weekend radio at ESPN. Oh, God. And all these years later, you're still going strong. Yeah. And you stay the yeah. same age. Although, I, you know, I remember when, when, I, when I moved to L.A. and we were both working for DirecTV, or actually Content Factory and then DirecTV, and I would fill in. And they would fly me from L.A. all the way to your studios in Connecticut to fill in for you back in those days, man. I know. I know. It's a lot Crazy. of fun, man. And then the guys, Crazy. how long have you, because you've been with your guys, and they've been loyal, and they've been with you from day one, the yeah. Danettes. And I see, you know, I ran into you in Miami. At, of course, we had to go in. It was like everybody in media on the Sunday night of Super Bowl week before it started, where did they go? Joe's stone crap. And there's Dan yeah. and all the Danettes, and then there's Clay Travis and his people, and then I come walking in, and everything stopped when I walk <laughs> in. But I guess you can understand. Well, they, it, they stop because they go, Oh my God, he's still alive! <laughs> oh, wow. Does that make me a brunette? Yes, you're a brunette. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you do have well, you're a little gray in there. Yeah, though, it's Harry. a little yes, gray sir. now. Yeah. Dan Patrick joining us. So obviously the show's gone great. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. I remember back when you used to think I was good at radio back in the day. When you when you had your game going, you were as good as anybody. You 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 could do it and do it well, and you had this ability to get riled up about something. And, and I, you know, some do it and they fake it when they're riled up. Like, you you would get into it, and I could tell that you were really into it. And, and I always appreciated that. You always had enthusiasm. You, you weren't afraid. And, I, I, you know, there's, just, there's a lot of qualities, a lot of traits with people in this business who are successful, and, and you certainly have those. And that, that's why when they reached out and said, hey, Tony, you know, uh, can we put him on the uh, channel on Sirius XM? And I said, absolutely. You know, I, I always appreciated your personality and your, your love for doing good radio. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy for you and, and happy to have you part of the lineup. So is this the official blessing now? Do we have to do we have incense or... Uh, holy water or essential oils that you can anoint me with? We don't want to do the essential oils again. You tricked me that one time after I got off Sports Center and you said, hey, I got some essential oils. And we went over to the Radisson and I went, wait a minute here. This has nothing to do with any I thought of. <laughs> yeah, but we always had the bathtub full of beer, though. I know we sure. did. We were so sad. Because here we are, and I was doing pretty well with Oberman on SportsCenter, but if people really saw sort of how we managed our lives back then, how we were treated, a big night was we got through with SportsCenter, got through with radio. We'd go over to your room at the Radisson and have an entire bathtub full of beer. And that would, we would sit around and talk as if we hadn't done that for six or seven hours prior to. But, but that was like being was in quarantine. That was quarantine yeah, like, before quarantine was cool, Dan. Yeah, it's like five or six dudes sitting around talking, drinking beer. And I thought, and I loved it at the time. And then I realized, you know, there are actually other things to do uh, that might be more interesting than that. But. Hey, at the time, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Dan Patrick, you can hear him every day. You can see him every day on YouTube. You can hear him on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Is there anything you're not on right now, other than, you know, alcohol, unless you started drinking <laughs> on a Friday afternoon? No, I'm going to wait. I'm, I, uh, I wait till 7 o'clock. That's, uh, that, that's my rule. 7 o'clock, then I have uh, a beverage. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, have some tequila tonight. Get ready for the second and third round of the draft. Now, is that um, a standard, or is that is that uh, uh, you know self quarantined hours, or is that a regular routine, regardless of what the state of the country is? Oh, it, yeah. This is this is pre quarantine. This will be post quarantine, and but it is. You know, I just sit down in my basement and. Uh, no, I, I'm fine. I, I have my own quarantine where my wife and kids, they don't come down to the basement. So it works out well. Now, you're doing your show. You're still in the studio, though, up there in yeah. Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's about, uh, I don't know, three miles from my house. But I, I cut my staff in half to come into the studio. Everybody else works from home. Three of the Danettes work from home. And I just wanted to cut down on the number of people in there. So we have five people total. Holy comes in, and uh, we're separated by, you know, the uh, the glass there, and uh, it, it's good. I just go to work and I go right home. I don't, I don't do any shopping. I don't go anywhere. Uh, I've, I've tried to cut down on any kind of so- socializing that I can. Yeah, I mean, we were lucky. I mean, the Super Bowl happened, and then Robert and I were in New York in early February. After the Super Bowl, we went to New York actually in mid February. And that's when everybody started talking about the virus. And here we are walking in midtown Manhattan, and everybody's out in the streets, and we're going to the Chinese restaurants, and nobody's thinking. that. So I may already have had it and have gotten not over even it known and it. not even yeah. know it. Do you ever think that, Dan, like when you're morning you wake up and you say, yeah, I feel a little warm today. You know, we're not hypochondriac. Like, I'm sure Keith, our good friend Keith Oberman, has thought, probably has thought many times that he had the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I, you know, my wife asks me every day, how do you feel? Because I, I went through, you know, some health issues, and uh, my immune system was so, totally compromised a, a year ago. And, you know, I'm talking to my doctor, and my doctor said, you know, you can't, you can't get this. I go, oh, so I'm immune from it? She goes, no, no, you, you can't get this. And I went, oh, and she goes, yes, yeah, it could be fatal for you. And I go, okay. So, you know, my wife says, what did the doctor say? And I said, well, she said, I can't get this. And she goes, how is it you can't get it, but all of us can? I go, no, 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 I can't get this. And she goes, or? And I go, dot, dot, dot. She goes, okay, then we'll make sure you don't get this. My son is in Singapore. He leaves after the Super Bowl, goes to Singapore. He's over there, and so we don't, you know, we, all of a sudden everything, just all hell breaks loose. There's quarantines, shutting things down. You can't fly out. And, and so we don't know what's going on. So now all of a sudden I got, I go, you take inventory. And I got four kids. So I got one in Ohio, one in L.A., one in Vermont, one in Singapore. And I'm going, how do I get everybody home and safe? But then they can't come home because I can't be around them. Hmm. And I went to Vermont uh, with the dog and quarantined up there for nine days. And came back and, and you know, basically just, you know, you roll the dice and say, I hope everybody's safe and uh, so far so good. My son comes back from Singapore Singapore tomorrow morning, and then we can't even say, we can't even hug him. We're going to leave a car at the airport at Newark. He gets off the plane with his fiance. They're going to take the car up to Vermont. All we can do is wave to him. Like, it's just crazy, crazy trying to figure this stuff out. That's way too much information. I just gave no, no. Through. I mean, you know, a lot of people can relate to that, Dan, because we have friends. Our, our, our buddy Joe Krause here, he had a daughter, and he had to go get her. He, she had to come back, and then he did the same thing. She had to fly back from college, 
and then they had to get a car to pick her up. And then no, she came back from Europe. From Europe, but I mean, she was down. She went down to Cape May, New Jersey. Right. right? He left the car in D.C. for yeah. her, stocked with some food, and then she went uh, to their second house out in in Cape May. To yeah, quarantine. a lot of people are doing. It. I mean, especially when you know my kids are grown. I mean, I have, I'm a granddad, and I haven't even been able to see my new grandson who was born in January because he's down in oh, Maryland. Yeah. And uh, so we can do FaceTime now. You know, I don't do the Zoom thing, though. House it's, party? You do, you do that? How, no, I, I saw no. house party, though. <laughs> oh, house bunny. That's what Dan no, was in. Yeah, he was they, in the house yeah, bunny. I was, I, was, I was in house bunny. By the way, Anna Ferris was wonderful. She was, <laughs> I didn't really know her. And she obviously didn't, had no idea who I was. And uh, so I was the police officer in there. And, and my scene has to do with a sexual act for... She thinks I'm asking for a sexual act. And, you know, Sandler thought it was really funny, uh, you know, to put me in a compromising position. But I just remember I said to Sandler, I said, this Anna Ferris, she's really funny, really talented. And all of a sudden, Anna Ferris becomes, you know, this big star. And I go back to, oh, my God, my scene with her is embarrassing. But she was a champ. She, she was great. What did your family say when they saw that scene, Dan? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, well, I, 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 they, I tell them it's acting. I always say it's, it's just acting. Sandler gives me a scene, and I do the scene. That's what great actors do. You know, I, I get immersed in my role. And then I did a, a, a scene in Blended with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler, and Sandler thinks it's funny because I'm, I'm, uh, I got a girlfriend or I'm married, and it's the woman from the Goldbergs. Wendy, Kobe, McClendon, or something like that. Sandler goes, Danny, why don't you, uh, why don't you kiss her during the scene? That's not, not in the script. I don't even know. I'm just meeting her on the set. We're going to rehearsal. My daughter is working on the movie set and is walking by when Sandler says, hey, Danny, why don't you kiss her? So we do the scene, and at the very end of the scene, I'm kissing a woman I don't even know, and then we get done with the scene, and my daughter goes, "Are you going to tell mom?" And I go, <laughs> <laughs> "I said yes, honey. I, I, it's in the scene because I know, but you're kissing another woman." I go, "I know, but it's acting." Because okay, you tell that to mom, and I went, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> so yeah, I've had a couple of those moments with Sandler where, you know, it's a, it's a little bit awkward, but making out with somebody on camera. The great to do it, and uh, you know, consider myself pretty fortunate. You know, this is the price you have to pay. You know, yes. are you now? You because I heard you with Adam last week, and obviously yeah. you guys are real tight. Are you contractually obligated to be in every Adam Sandler film ever recorded or ever made? Yes. No, I just check. People ask <laughs> me that all the time. Well, he always writes the role. It, 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 I don't ask for it. He'll just say, "Danny, got a role for you." And I go, "All right, send me the script." And I just shot one on the Cape this last summer where I play a school principal. And you go in for one day, you spend about 12 or 14 hours shooting it, and then I'm done. Uh, I did the movie with Jennifer Aniston and Nicole Kidman when we went to Hawaii where I played the uh, nightclub owner. And that was a week where we were out there. But usually they're just one off, one or two days at the most. But then they're... Always, he'll, he'll just say, Danny, got a good role for you. Got a good role for you. So as long as he keeps doing it, I think I've been in 17 of his movies. So wow. Now, here's the, here's the question, though. 
when I die at the Academy Awards, do I get up there in memory of? Do I, do I make it on the big screen when they look back on all the actors and actresses who have passed away that past year? The only way that would happen, I think, Dan, is that if Adam Sandler actually won an Academy Award, which many people well, thought he got screwed out of one. This uncut gems he might get one. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. No, he yeah. didn't. They stiffed him. He didn't get an Academy Award. They already had well, he didn't get nominated. Exactly. He that's didn't? the outrage. Oh, no, that's the, outrageous. Then you, you missed the cats, the Ricky Jervis Academy Awards, where he ripped everybody, and and Adam Sandler was not even nominated for Uncut Gems, which many people think is his greatest well, movie ever. Well, he deserved ever. to be nominated. Next to, of course, the golf movie. Well, yeah. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy yeah. Gilmore, the greatest. And, and by the way, the greatest <laughs> scene ever. Is it not? Is it not Bob Barker? Yeah. The price is wrong, bitch. I mean, has there ever been a better line uttered by anyone in cinematic history? But Bob Barker, Sandler told me, Barker was not going to lose. He couldn't lose in, in that scene. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow it to be written where he lost that fight with Sandler. And it's like he was really competitive. And Sandler said surprisingly athletic. But he, he wanted to make sure that he won because he would not lose a fight to Adam Sandler, to Happy Gilmore. And it was the greatest. It's a, it's an unbelievable it's scene, unbelievable scene. I know, I know. So now, so you're you're going to chill for the weekend, stay inside, right? Self, now you know because we had a lot of self, social distancing and stay at home uh, orders defied in round one of the NFL draft. I mean, there were a lot of, there were a lot of house parties going on there, and I'm surprised no one was sent in to arrest those people. Well, I thought that Tonga Bialoas, it seemed like they were multiplying when I when I was watching. They were like I don't there was more than six and I it looked like there were about nine or ten people. Uh, the the Mike Grable situation, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> we are we're all still trying to figure it out. But I, I thought it was a scene out of, of breaking bad or you know, it could have been a if, if Tarantino had produced that. You had, you had somebody on the toilet in the background. Now, did but, you wait? Because I, I said, I said this. Everybody says the same thing. I can't imagine. I think it's just a guy with shorts on sitting at a, on his phone in a room, an adjoining room, and in a reflection. In a reflection. How could you have somebody sitting on a toilet in a room full of children, <laughs> and where he's taking a dump, so to speak? Tony, don't, don't, don't ruin it. Okay. Don't, don't let the facts get in the way of a yes. story. And by the way, is there any doubt Cliff Kingsbury's Scottsdale Diggs stole the show? I wish he was still dating Holly Saunders because <laughs> that was that was right out of billion. Mm-hmm. Like he's a baller. Oh yeah, I, yeah. If, if I would have said, "Hey, what does this guy do for a living?" If you just saw that picture, you'd probably go, "Drug." He looked like he was some drug star exactly. with a house like that. I mean, that, that was right out of blow. I mean, well, it was, all that was missing was the glass table with yeah. the dusting. And Johnny a, Depp doing and lines. Johnny Depp yeah. doing lines yeah. right there on his knees. Oh, my God. That was, that's quite a... And then, you, and then you had Belichick looking like a sixth-grade teacher grading papers on his table, and he's just there by himself. It was, it was good. It was entertaining. I, I, I applaud ESPN and, and uh, the NFL for pulling that off. I, no, think. I agree. I, I thought, I thought uh, Trey Wingo did a great job. I mean, that was hard to pull off. 
But there is one picture that somebody posted that was faked, and that was the Arizona Cardinal pick. Oh, yeah. Did you see the picture that somebody yeah. put on there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do yeah. that, Dan? Because I didn't even know no, who that guy no. was. And it's surprising that I don't know that guy because I know a lot of people in the industry. <laughs> but uh, that wasn't really there last night, right? I don't think so. <laughs> but you saw it, though. It's amazing how everybody has seen the doctored <laughs> picture of Roger Goodell with the Arizona Cardinals. And how come they couldn't find 12 people for the, for the, for the Los Angeles Chargers to fill up the 12 boxes on the screen? Attendance is down for Charger games, Tony. You know that. They should, they should have just put some Steeler fans in there, you know, yeah. like when the Steelers oh, yeah. played out there. The picture of Ben Roethlisberger when he had the big beard. Remember oh, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. recently where he looked like yeah. a Cro-Magnum man? He looked like he oh, was yeah. in uh, – What's the scene in the movie where what's his name? Uh, it's one of the memes where he always looks and smiles. The actor that got the beard. What's the one? It's a, it's a popular meme where he, like, nods his head, and I can't think of the movie now. That's what happens when you get old, man. That would have been a great payoff, son. I know. It wasn't really a joke. It was just trying to think of the, the people. Really, who, really well done. Thank you. Well thank you. Thank Maybe Miss Robin could help you out. I don't know. Well, well, Harry's not helping me I'm at not, all. I'm here. not helping. Harry's ready no, to I drink. No, <laughs> <laughs> When you said you wanted to do this show, you said, basically, I'm doing it solo. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, and Tony goes, well, I can't count on my partner. And <laughs> no, go, that's oh. not true. Harry's one of my greatest partners. <laughs> I know. You said great friends, but, you know, kind of tough as a co-anchor. Oh, wow. <sighs> Dan know, Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, I had beers with, with Dan one time. That's right. He said yeah. he has a Dan Patrick. Do you remember being in a, in, a, in a swimming pool? No, he doesn't remember. With Harry Mays in 1991. Where I, were you, Harry? We were at the, the Cable Ace Awards at the Lowe's oh. Anatole Hotel in Dallas. And I, yeah. I met you in the pool, and I recognized who you were. Obviously. Was it love from, at first sight? It was. It was. And I was, I was stalking him. And we drank a couple of beers, and we talked about the, you know, sports and the big show. And I told him he was so much better than Olbermann. And then we arranged to go out <laughs> that night after the awards ceremony, and he blew me off. No. Yep. Well, you mean you didn't want to spend more time with some stalker dude he <laughs> met in a pool at the Cable Ace Awards? <sighs> It was so uncomfortable where a guy comes up and he's in his bathing suit and and and, he's, and he gets close to you and he starts talking. And I, so I would back up and I'd hit the edge of the pool and I'd go, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. Right. He couldn't and go anywhere. No. And then, like, you zeroed in and then I thought, golly, this is, this is going to be bad. Uh, and, and you were very nice, but I didn't blow you off. I don't think I won the award that night. Therefore, I I wasn't in a cheery mood. Yeah, and, yeah. So I think that's what. It, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. I like Aaron Rodgers after this. After the uh, after yeah. the the the, uh, the Green Bay Packers drafted a quarterback last night in the first <laughs> round. Yeah, you're like yeah, you're like Jordan Love. Right. Like you just here you come. I didn't ask for you, and you won't leave. And you know I'm upset about it. That's. That's probably a good analogy. But I had there. board but shorts were, on. Board I, didn't, shorts? I didn't have a banana hammock. It was board shorts. Okay. So, yeah, I yeah. know. That was the 90s. Yeah, that was big in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, so. yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Patrick <laughs> giving us the blessing. Dan, it's an honor to be on the Dan Patrick channel on Sirius XM 211. You know, I got hired when there was no sports. So what does that tell you about my career? I get a job. Everybody's losing their jobs, and I get a job exactly at the point where there's zero sports to talk about. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't know if you've ever really truly been about sports. You're about entertainment, and there's a big difference in that. That You can find entertainment in a lot of different things, not just sports. 
Is that good? That's a compliment, <laughs> I think. Yes. No. Yes. I couldn't yes. get a job at ESPN if I didn't know sports. You had to go into a room with John Walsh and tell you who the third line was of the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> that, before they would hire that you. Is, that is not true because the entertaining part of that is you telling the story that you were asked to do tell the third, the third line for the Vancouver Canucks. You weren't asked to break yes, down. Yes, I was. And I actually okay. knew who the third line was for the Vancouver Canucks back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Pablo Bure still there? Uh, yes, he was. Young in his okay. career. Come on, man. You're oh, going to okay. question my, my hockey knowledge? No, I'm not. I, I'm not. I, we got off to a bad start, I think. <laughs> we did. No, I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about, you know, 25 years ago we got off to a bad start. Not, today we're good. Oh, we're good. This, is, this is a normal conversation for uh, you and me. Well, Dan, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, great to be on. Me, you, Dan, and Rich Eisen. The old gang is back together again, sort of. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that, uh, you know, you, you found some peace there and everything's good. And, uh, you know, I, I hope this lasts a long time, as long as you want it to go, son. Well, thank you, Dan. Appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'd say we're all in this together, but that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. See you, bro. Thank you, guys. See you, man. Thanks, Thanks, Dan Patrick. 